going on, Suns fans? Justin here, and with me, as always, is my podcasting partner, Paul. <laughs> so that's the kind of episode this is going to be. <laughs> and welcome to this episode of Fanning the Flames. The most OG, infrequent. <laughs> your OG Phoenix Suns podcast that is made for the fans. That's you guys by the fans. That is, who is that, Paul? That um, is us. Us, hopefully. That is us. <laughs> and yes, the most infrequent. We are sorry about that. Um, we try. You should see how many times we try to coordinate and then something goes wrong. Seriously, if we actually recorded episodes as frequently as we plan to, you guys would be so tired of us. If you're not already, I don't know. Whatever. Thank you. Well, thank you to the jam session for holding us down. <laughs> Wait, did you mean that in a positive way or a negative way? Both, like holding, like holding us down, like holding, like holding the holding, holding down the, feed the fort, down, holding down the fort. You or know, like holding oh, us down, a, get, like getting us paid. We or, or, we, we or ride like, their coattails so much, you get so, checks. So, so hold on. So not not. I feel like for legal purposes, you shouldn't discuss that. Um, but so you don't mean like in the sense of of like how they're not holding us back. Okay. That's a, that's what it holding down like the fort. to me. I'm like, I feel like that's a weird thing for you to say. <laughs> Hold, okay, holding it down. Um, as always, intro and outro music provided by Park and Main. <laughs> Check them out over at parkandmainband.com. You can give us a follow on Twitter. I'm at so says J Paul. At Dervish of World. And the pod is at Fan the Flames NBA. And of course, Fanning the Flames, Sun's Jam Session. The solar panel, I think that's it, are all available on the Bright Side of the Sun podcast network on all podforms, Apple, iTunes, whatever, Spotify, Stitcher. Stitcher, all that good stuff. If you listen there, rate, subscribe, all that fun, fun stuff. Okay, so now let's move on to the Suns, right? You ready? You ready? Sure. <laughs> Paul? Yes? Where do we start? Because it's been a bit, hey, we say it all the time. It's been a bit since you recorded. But where do we start here? Where we start is this. Because you're not going to say anything, are you? That was kind of a rhetorical question. So let me just go. Where we're going to start is here, Paul. Okay. The Suns, not most recently, because they're coming off of a win. But prior yes. to their most recent win over Toronto, as we're recording here before their early game. Mm -hmm. um, they had a tight loss. They had a tight loss to Orlando, right? Yes. And what happened after that? None of those, none of those players are still on on the team. <laughs> yeah, they actually lost to like a hodgepodge of seven teams. Now is what happened. Yes. Um, but 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 what happened, Paul? After that loss, what happened? Um, Suns Twitter went insane. Right, right. And why did they go insane, Paul? Because the Suns lost to a shitty team. Right, and and is is it more than just that one loss to a shitty team, though, Paul? No, their last eight losses have been to shitty teams. Right. So the, the the complaint was, oh man, our number two seed in the West is losing to teams that they shouldn't be losing to in an NBA season, even though again, number two seed in the West currently. Right. Yep. Okay. Um <laughs> I don't care. I don't know. See, I feel like that was a good buildup to this, but now it's like, what is, what do you say to that? What do you say to that, Paul? And, and I, what was the phrase that was used as we were preparing for this? 
I'm going to go on a rant about how I don't care that the Suns are losing to shitty teams. Exactly. Exactly. And and it's like that's the rant because that, that's the end of it. They're losing the shitty teams. Yeah, it's happening. And it's happened throughout the season. Still, we look at it. We see it happening, I think, less less frequently. When it happens, it seems to kind of happen like two. You get a little spurt of two, and you get a little 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 clear time. Now, the question They're not even I, two because the Suns haven't lost two games in a row since oh, fucking uh, January. Right, and, and I'll, I'll actually get into those too. But <laughs> the fact of the matter – sorry, let me step back. I don't mean like in, in spurts of two, like back-to-back. I mean – Game one, it happens, and then there's a game in between, and then it happens again. Or there's okay. a couple games in between. See what I'm saying? Yeah. So it gets really fresh, and people get really fired up about it. Now, to your point about not having lost two or games back-to-back since January, keep in mind also that what, what games were those? Denver. That was – they lost to Denver, and then they lost – actually, there's a three-game losing streak. Lost Den, the two Denver games, and then they lost the Thunder. Right, and, and the then, second Denver game was should have won. Exactly. So realistically – realistically yeah. realistically well not realistically <laughs> they have not had a two game losing streak all season exactly so what's the point what is the point to all of that right the point is this they're still performing when they need to perform against teams that they need to perform against right exactly and they're doing it to the ex- they're doing it to such a level of success that they notwithstanding this downside they're still at the, the 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 level they are, the number two seed in the West, yep. right? So at the end of the day, are those losses frustrating? Yeah, but oh, what was it? I don't care. I don't care. I really don't. It's it's a waste of my time. It's a waste of my energy, and it's super weird that I feel this way, just because it just I don't know why I don't care. It, honestly, I'm just like, oh, they lost. Okay, so what? They'll win the next one. You know, well, you got to lose sometime. And, and you know, I, I, very few I, teams are the are the seventy three win warriors. You know, teams can, win an average of two out of three games. Can like I take a, a good sta- teams do? Can I take a stab at why I think you don't care? And I think it's the same reason I don't care, and that's because we both know deep down, or maybe not really that deep down. <laughs> We believe deep down and know superficially that at the end of the day, those losses are not really going to be consequential. consequential. Right. Yeah. You give me the next month and we're like, you know, back into April and the Suns are like fighting for like proper seating. I'm going to care about a loss. But at this point in time, you know, the middle of the season losses happen. Teams lose games. Yeah. Does it suck that like games are lost? Yes. Like, am I mad that they lost to an extent? Yeah, especially if it's like stupid, like like the Orlando one kind of was. And you know, the Suns do have a tendency to play to their competition, which is has is good and bad in that they definitely get up for it when they're playing teams that they consider on their level, clearly, because as you tweeted out the other day, um, they have the best record in the league against teams above five hundred. It was, it was just to be clear, it was winning percentage and it was that. Okay. So just okay, sure. because if you were to do it like we, rankings wise, you know what I mean? Like how you do standings mm-hmm. or, anyway, go ahead. Well, that's probably just because they haven't played as many games. Exactly. Sure. But yes, based on winning percentage, which would have put them at the top. Cause if you did rankings for standings, it is based on winning percentage, yeah, not based off of like actual 
like number of wins. Yep, I got you. So they are the best in the league from that standpoint. So they do get up for good for good teams. And you know, and even still, like you said, um, one of those losses was to Denver that they shouldn't have lost. That game should have been won in regulation, and they lost it in double overtime when they had were missing at least. I think Booker was out that game. Yep. So I mean. And, and so to the point of that game really quickly, and then I want to take a shot at also clarifying one thing. Okay. Booker was out that game. Yes. And also he came out of that game the prior night. That was the overtime game with an injury, which is why he was out the next night. Right. He, and why he was also at the Thunder game. And at what, and at what point, and, and at the point he came out in that game, it was still tied in overtime. So it was like, you basically played, two games for all intents and purposes, one game lasting two minutes, basically, right. you know, you started to tie no booker and then uh, the next game with no booker and you realistically won one of those games or should have ha- have a W from one of those games at least, and could have had two if you had booker, you know, full strength. But at any rate, I want to clarify one thing too. <clears throat> when I say it's inconsequential, I understand that wins and losses matter. It matters for seeding. But when I say I believe that it's inconsequential, what I mean is <clears throat> I don't believe any of these losses <clears throat> at the end of the day are going to cost the Suns significant spots in, in the playoff seeding. Right. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'll stand by my Twitter name, and that's one seed. I still think they're going to get there, right? But let's say they don't. I understand what we have with this team. I see what we have with this team. I know the potential that this team has, and I truly believe that regardless of where they end up in seeding going into the playoffs, they can be, they can beat any team regardless of round in a seven game series. That's why when people like, for example, when LeBron got hurt, right. And the Lakers were without AD people are all of a sudden like, Oh no, what happens if the Lakers slip down to the six or the, the seven seed and the Suns end up at the two seed and the Suns and Lakers play in the first round, and LeBron and AD are there in their full strength. I say, and they're okay. all there's 17 other centers. Yeah, exactly. I say, <laughs> okay, that's great. Well, we're going to have to play them in the playoffs at some point anyway. Who cares when it's going to be? You're, if the team is capable of beating them, which I believe they are, they're going to beat them. They're going to have to go through these teams. The West right. is stacked. There's no easy path through the playoffs. So when I say those losses are inconsequential. I mean, it's not going to affect how good this team is at the end of the day and what they're capable of in the playoffs. Could Plus, there's it a theoretically affect, uh, affect the seeding? Sure. But again, I think seeding is, for all intents and purposes, is going to be irrelevant for the Suns come playoffs because I think they can beat anyone. Plus, there's a, there's a mental component too. Because like I remember like back when during like the, the seven seconds or less time frame the suns were beating all the shitty teams like they, they just racked up wins against the shitty teams but then they'd lose to the teams they're playing in the playoffs and clearly it got in their heads that's why that's what happened with the spurs they got in the sun's heads and the suns couldn't for years beat them and like and the fans were the same way they went into those series going oh fuck we're playing the spurs we're gonna lose now the suns are going the suns are kicking the crap out of everybody they're playing well against those teams they're not afraid of them and to the to like i said they have to lose to somebody i'd rather have them lose to a crappy team because they didn't care than to care 
and lose to a good team and get in their heads that that team is better than them. And thus when they get to see them in the playoffs, they are playing scared. I don't, this team plays confident. Yeah. They don't play scared. I, I, and I don't I want them to start playing scared. I, I agree. I, I think the, the way you said that I'd rather them lose because they don't care. That just sounded so horrible, but I get what you're trying to say. I get your point. I get your point. Cause they now, do, they do play down to these teams. They do. No, absolutely. It, it, it happens. Um, one thing too, I'd like to just mention, maybe raise and get your thoughts on. And, and I think it's also apropos to do this because this guy deserves a shout out for, for his performance, but John Bloom, our, our friend, friend of the podcast, uh, friend, friend of the world, friend of the golf course, friend of you and me, friend of the radio, everybody's (laughs) friend. Uh, we all love bloomer. Um, bloom was on Bickley and Murata on Thursday and kind of got into this topic and kind of, he got very firmly into the topic, and I think that he raised great points because the overall theme, if you will, and if you haven't heard it yet, please like reply to reply to this the tweet of this episode or DM us or whatever. Find it; it's easy to find. It's out there. We'll send it to you. Bloom or send it to you. Somebody will send it to you. It's 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 phenomenal because, like I said. Bloom's, Bloom's such an even-keeled guy. He got he got fired up. He was fired up, and like I said, rightfully so. Um, and and I think he did a very good job. You know, his decorum remained just perfect. It's like it was still just listening to a John Bloom that would call the game, but just a little extra fire in that belly for a little bit. Um, I he was also it, but... able to pivot really well and address every little sling and arrow that was thrown at him. Right, but but the overall theme of it was basically look why is everybody talking about these losses let's let's fo- enjoy the ride we've got a good team that's playing winning Which basketball is what we've been doing i think and, you and i have definitely yeah, been enjoying and, the ride and and that goes to what i kind of want to build on and that's like the what is it with the psyche of of you know and i'm not going to generalize all all fans obviously but they're the psyche of certain like group of fans seems to be like, let's go ahead and just beat ourselves up over stuff that we want to beat ourselves up over. Is it just because we've been so damaged as fans for a decade that it's like we, now that we have something good, we still just want to feel a little bit of pain. The pain makes us feel alive. I don't know. I don't get it, man. It's it's so right. Like the words enjoy the ride are so appropriate for what we have going on with this team right now. Right. Like, right. I mean, have expectations shifted this season? Yeah. But I think certain people out there are shifting them too far to an extent. I mean, Mm -hmm. like, like when, when this season started, I think the expectation was, okay, they'd be a low playoff seed. We've blown the doors (laughs) off that. Not you. Oh, sorry. Oh no, that's what I'm sorry. I was just coughing. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. The, the 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 consensus the, you are there are outliers like yourself and you're you have been proven true in the past um the the consensus was that this team was probably going to be a low playoff seed you know that's what happens with like a team that's improving like the suns are and maybe make a move to kind of get them over that hump but you know chris paul comes in and it, it's very much steve nashian in that you know you bring in this guy you bring in this point guard and you take this team that's full of a lot of talent and you direct that talent and it, it took off like a rocket. 
Like nobody expected it. Like it went from that's these. Bad, two- hey, yo, dude, that's a that's a bad analogy in the end in like the NBA world these days. <laughs> Rock on a rocket. Like a rocket. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, we took every we took all the mojo of the Rockets and put our sons and gave them our mojo. <laughs> Chris Paul really took us to the next stratosphere. Yes. Yes, he did. Yes. <laughs> Continue. We're we are, we are a star shining in the sky. And you know, there's there's a level of, yeah, I mean, okay, the expectations have shifted to an extent. It's like, yeah, it's like, okay, getting to the playoffs was the goal before. Winning in the playoffs is now the goal. Is there a hope that we can win the championship? Yeah. Do I, you know. But that's fucking hard is like, you know, the West is tough, you know, just getting to the Western Conference Finals is going to be hard as shit, even if you are a two seed. And, you know, it's the first year, like, like everybody says, yeah, we don't have a lot of experience outside of Chris Paul and his experience has he's never made it to the Western Conference Finals, I think Mm -hmm. is like, so I I mean, you know, there's a lot to be like, you know, there's a lot holding, you know, potential roadblocks there or stumbles once we get to the playoffs. So why not enjoy the ride, you know, with the be like, okay, cool. We're, we're here. Whatever happens. Great. I mean, yeah, if we go out in the first round, yeah, that's going to suck. We're better than that. But, um, you know, I'm just going to enjoy the ride. I'll be nervous as shit. Once we hit the playoffs, I guarantee it. Hey, like, I'll, I'll be turning into, I'll be turning to everybody on Twitter, freaking out about every damn like close loss. But then oh, again, man. they matter at that point. But I, I, I'm I'm gonna be so I bet I'll be so quiet in the playoffs on Twitter. I just I I I, I hey man, the new Zen me, bro. I I can't take it. I can't take. I I try to avoid the negative energy. I do. I, I really and truly do. But I just wanted to say, speaking of avoiding negative energy, yeah, I took in a sentence that you just said. Like it really really struck me. Okay. Except it would suck, and I'm paraphrasing, it would suck if we got knocked out in the first round because we're better than that. Yeah. We're better. We are better than that. But just think about it. Like, take in just saying that sentence. I'm sorry. It just struck me. Like, I'm like, that expectation, that, that belief. Yeah. When was the last time that was present here? Uh, I wouldn't even say like I not even, even the 2010 say, season. Yeah, exactly. That, that was like a yeah. So probably eight oh eight oh nine or yeah, yeah. But but that kind of goes that goes to like exactly what you're saying and, and kind of the point here and what Bloomer was trying to say and that's yeah. Enjoy the ride, man. This is you can you can nitpick at anything in your life. Anything. How about this? One thing I don't have. If to you if about. you if if you are so needy in terms of having to have a subject and nitpick about maybe a good way to start weaning yourself off of that need is to go to i don't know if you're married or a significant other and just start nitpicking about everything that they do and see how that <laughs> response works and then i feel like you'll start to learn you shouldn't nitpick about things and you should enjoy the fine things that you have that you have available in life to enjoy and not worry about what kind of potential downside there could be when at the end of the day, is that really something that matters? Is that really something that is 
truly impacting your ability or your belief in what the Suns are doing. You know what I mean? Um, and maybe people, maybe people just don't in, have the same type of, you know, positive outlook. The, what's the word I'm looking for, Paul? Optimistic optimism? outlook that the podcast of optimism has. And maybe I'm coming across as like some sort of crazy, like tree hugging hippie that just wants everybody to be happy about everything. And if I am, I'm sorry, but I don't think I'm off base with any of this, Paul. I mean, you, you tend to somehow manage to keep me like grounded in some sort of ways. You've known me long enough that when you tell me I'm saying something dumb, I take credence in that. And I'll, I mean, I might not agree, Sometimes. but I'll take into consideration. <laughs> so I'm sure you would tell me if I sound completely psycho right now by saying all this, but I, I don't think you I, feel no, differently than me. I don't actually. And you're and the it's, pessimistic one. Exactly. It's, it's, it's very weird. But at the same time, I'm like, like, like we said, I'm enjoying the ride. It's fun to watch a Suns game and expect them to win, but also, and I'm not, but I'm not freaking out if they lose. I don't know why I don't freak out when they lose. It's like, I just like, I don't care. And like, bringing back to the original point, it's like when they lose, I'm like, okay, on to the next, you know, because they've proven it. Like they, over 44 games, they've proven one loss isn't a catastrophe because outside of the one game that was stolen from them, they haven't lost back to backs all season. Exactly. So it's really just, they are, they're a composed team. They're a growing team. They still, no team is perfect. I like outside of that, yeah, no team's perfect outside of maybe the 72 win Bulls. No, literally, no team is perfect because the 72 win Bulls didn't win all their games, right? So they're no. not perfect. Right. Every team they, is going to have its flaw. Now, not comparing the two. We have the fourth but, best. Like, have, have you listened to the most recent episode of the solar panel? No. Today's? Okay. No. Um, yeah, today's. I guess, yeah. Uh, You're no, right. I is. tried to driving back from okay. stuff, but. I think Espo was stealing my argument because, like, you know, we have to talk him off the ledge every now and then, him and Dan. Um, you know, because are you throwing him him under the bus right now? No, I'm giving him a compliment because he he went in and looked, and the Sun, the Suns right now have the fourth best record in franchise history after like the fourth fastest record to 30 games in franchise history. That's great. It's great. I agree. I agree. Enjoy that. Like he, he was, he was, we reined him in enough. That he, he took a chance to step back and be like, you know what? We're in a good position here. Why, why are we like freaking out about every little thing? Cause you know, I mean, th- there's, there's the pieces of being an NBA fan where it's like the, the machinations of how a team's put together and like, what can we do to make this team better and all that kind of stuff. And like, I'm going to roll us right into our next point here. Suns didn't make a move at the trade deadline. Well, they made a move slightly before it. So like everybody's like, okay, but they kind of forgot about it. The Suns got Tory Craig. Great. I had no idea who the fuck Tory Craig was. I, I really didn't. Really? I, I knew the name, but like, honestly, you couldn't tell me anything about what he's, you know, he is. You know what? Right. That's perfect. Cause you know what? You want me to educate about you about him a little bit here? Sure. Because I have I have that information, and I don't know that I was done on the last topic, but I feel like I, I've said my piece. We can cir- we'll circle back. 
I'm sure it'll come up again. If anybody wants to continue the conversation, um, then then by all means, please just reach out. Um, Oh, we will. But Tory (laughs) Craig. So Tory Craig is an interesting story, right? Because he's only been in the NBA for a few years, so you think he's on the younger end, but he's really not. Um, He spent his first four years after college, uh, after being undrafted, playing overseas. He was playing in Australia. Uh, he went to undergrad at a small college in South Carolina. It's called USC Upstate. Uh, then he came to the NBA, got his chance with Denver, and was just I, – I really am surprised you haven't heard of him at all because he was a serviceable role player. He right. carved yeah. out a little niche. I mean, the, the uh, name was familiar. I knew he was a player. Honestly, I couldn't have told you that he was on Milwaukee. So right. when we traded for him, I was like, oh, what? Yeah, well, and that's kind of the and thing. he was out so of the rotation too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that that was kind of the interesting thing because so Craig played three years in Denver, played 172 games, 69 starts, averaged 18.6 minutes, 5.3 points, 3.4 rebounds. Obviously, not lighting up stat stat sheets, right? He's but a role at player. the same time, role player, exactly. He's playing almost 20 minutes a game. Obviously, serviceable. Um, particularly over that stretch of time, you know, Denver was not, not exactly a poor team. Right. So he ended up moving on from Denver and he signed with the bucks last off season, which is why I thought it was weird that they were trading him and that he had fallen out of favor out there because, you know, you just picked him up this off season, right? Seems right. like odd timing. Um, particularly when you look at the bucks and see what they do after that, they went and got PJ Tucker, Right. Right. Yeah. So you took Tory Craig, who kind of, you know, is kind of a three and D guy, right? I mean, yeah, he, he has that ability. He's he's shooting 80. Well, I took this down the other night before the last game. I don't know what he did last game. Uh, oh, last game was not good. Yeah. But even with that game, he's probably still shooting around 50% from three since he's been on the Suns. Um, and those after that first game, his next two games, he averaged like 10 and a half points and like six rebounds a game. And like I said, was shooting lights out. So I was a serviceable player, but I feel like they go and get just kind of like a slightly bigger and bulkier, older version of him, even though, again, Torrey Craig's not super young because he spent time overseas. But I don't see the 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 logic behind kind of flipping out Torrey Craig for PJ Tucker, even with Craig out of your rotation. You know, they seem seems like. Craig's just a little bit smaller, but I, I think it had to do play. with cap stuff because they I think they're hard capped and to get to get under what they needed the salary number to bring in Tucker, they had to get rid of they needed to clear just a little bit more salary. I think right. But my deal. point being my point's that I don't really see how that's much of how Tucker is much of an upgrade. Right. That's I it just seems like a weird move, uh, particularly since they just pick him up. But anyway, that's Tory Craig in a nutshell for you, Paul. Yeah, and he's actually played pretty decent for the Suns in this four games. So, I mean, I think people are, because that happened a few days before the trade deadline, you just kind of forget that that happened. I mean, it wasn't a major move. It was a weird move from the standpoint of it wasn't filling what us fans think of as the holes that are on the team. I mean, I know, like, personally – I, I think it would be nice to have like a breaking in case of emergency point guard. Who's like, who actually is like a more proper floor general than the guys we have, you know, each Moore, Javon Carter, um, those guys aren't really running offense, get it, get you into sets, you know, get guys, you know, get guys the ball where they need it and want it. You know, we've got, cause we, 
we dealt with we I'm surprised Jones didn't address that just from the standpoint of when Paul was out and um well no well with there there I think there's some interest Paul was out at one point this season, right? Um, time yeah for a couple games. He was yeah. out, Booker was out, campaign was out, kind of all overlapped a little bit there. And clearly we had a deficit in that point guard position, um, not having a true third point guard to kind of run that offense. Um, so that's where like, I would like to see some type of improvement, but I understand why we didn't make the move. And other people are saying we need another big to kind of yeah, shore up. Yeah. Let me, and maybe I'm sorry, maybe I'm, you know, putting the cart in front of the horse here and jumping in on your point, but you always go to the point guard first. And I feel like everybody else always goes to the big man the big. first. Do you, do you yeah. go to point guard first? Cause you think it's a higher priority for you or do you just do that by happenstance? I think it's a higher priority for me. Interesting. Okay. I mean, I, I, I I'm just, I'm just curious. And, and I think what had the way you explain it is your logic behind it. And I get it. I, I don't necessarily agree with it, but I, I I was just curious whether I mean it's it's would... like a one A one B kind of thing like it's not like you. one's like drastically more important than the other but like we struggled when campaign was hurt it was hard you know it it made those games tougher when we didn't have a true backup point guard I mean obviously book and handle the rock Chris Paul is Chris Paul but you know we had to fill in those minutes with Etwan Moore Javon Carter. I, those guys can't really run the offense. I don't even, I can't remember who else we like kind of try to do that a little bit there. You know, Galloway's not really like a guy who can run the offense. Um, so it, it was a little bit of a struggle there. I just would, like I said, I'd like a break in case of emergency type of guy back there who, who can do that. And like I, the big situation, you know, it isn't, it is a situation. I, I agree. We do need another big, I mean, it's not an abs situation. Like, it's a, not a oh, Sortino situation. <laughs> I was thinking that when you said that. God, we've been but, friends for too long. <laughs> and we're both, like, that's kind of sad, huh? Jesus. <laughs> okay, I can edit that out. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, we're, no, we're not editing yeah, that. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> if we're going to edit out every dumb thing we said about each other, uh, well... <laughs> We even have anyway, less of a podcast than we already have. Go ahead, Paul. Yeah, the, the big the big situation. I mean, I agree. It, it would be nice to have another like actual like steadfast big back there. You know, Dario Dario came into this league supposedly going to be a small forward, and now he's our backup five. I know that's the evolution of like the league and whatnot, but at the same time, who looked at, who the, looked at that who looked at that ass and was like, "That's a small forward ass." Seriously, come on. I, it's the old school that previous generation of the NBA where Dario Sarge like the, was like, small like the forties and fifties, <laughs> like no, like the two thousand tens. Oh come on, dude! He's still a beefy boy. <laughs> I think he beefed anyway, up a little bit since he got into the league. But anyway, like beefy boy came way too close. You know to the Mike <laughs> situation. But, but he's also. But I think it's. I think it was more a height thing where he's only like six eight or whatever. You know, it was very much the centers needed to be close to seven foot. All right. Anyway, oh. go on. I'm sorry. I got anyway, you sidetracked with his beefiness. We could use another center who is that kind of rim protector kind of thing. Because Frank's not that. Dario's not that. Damian Jones couldn't last two 10-day contracts in the Warriors. You know, we don't have that guy to really spell if, like, Aiton gets hurt. 
we didn't, didn't like Damian Jones just start for the Lakers the other night though or something? Well, was it the Lakers or the Warriors? It's anyway. Lakers, yeah. All right, okay. Yeah. When, when we beat them. <laughs> well, but we are going to be going up against teams in the playoffs, like like the Lakers who have all the bigs. You know, they clearly zagged when everybody else is zigging with regards to going. They went big when everyone else went small and won them a championship. You know, and the Suns haven't really countered that as much as I think we'd like. And, you know, we see that with some other teams like New Orleans really hurts us when you got Steven Adams and Zion. We don't have another guy. Well, no matter what lineup we play, we don't have another guy to really compete with that. And it puts it Aiden in a bad situation where he's trying to guard both of them and he can't. And, you know, that is something we have to deal with. And, so if another big comes in, yeah, we need that too. But at the same time, we've got 15 roster spots. Who's going? Who are we getting rid of? Everybody plays a role and plays it well. Well, <laughs> there's a lot to unpack there, Paul. Um, I threw a lot at you. Were, were you were you, were you disappointed that they didn't make a move, though, at the no. deadline? Okay. Nope. And, and I, I, I didn't I expect them to make a move. I asked that question knowing the answer, but I asked it because I wanted to make sure that your perspective was clear. Cause even though there are obviously spots to fill again, we can circle back around to what we talked about that uh, earlier. And you're, there's always going to be something where you can say we could use this. Yeah. You know, um, there's always going to be a spot to fill because you can never have, especially, and I've been harping on this since the season started the depth that the Suns have, especially in a season like this, you can you can never you know have too much depth. So yeah, we could always add pieces, but at the end of the day, it has to make sense to add those pieces. And I look at and right. lead into a question that came to mind while you're talking too, and that's how do you feel about them not getting Aaron Gordon? Because I think it's pretty clear, at least from what I hear and understand, that the Suns were very interested in Aaron Gordon. And that I it didn't never come to saw that in national media. I, I never like, you know, whether it's ESPN, whether it was. Right. Let's uh, just assume that's the case. Right. Okay. Right. <laughs> wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Well, let's assume that's the case. Mm-hmm. Um, were you, were you disappointed that the Suns wouldn't, weren't able to land him? I mean, I know a I'm lot of people were Denver obviously did. really excited about the concept. That's that makes sense. Okay. Okay. I mean, I'm not disappointed the Suns weren't able to land him. I mean, you know, Suns fans have liked Aaron Gordon for years. I mean, mm-hmm. probably a little bit of it's the U of A thing, a little bit of it's like the Marion Light thing. Um, I think he would fit in well with this team. I think he could, you know, he could slide slide in there and he would get the opportunity to play the four in the modern nba which is what he should be playing and he's been playing out of position in orlando because they had a ton of bigs now they don't because they traded everybody actually no the ones they kept were the bigs but they're all hurt um but yeah i mean yeah if they had gotten him i would have been excited but at the same time i like i the thing about where the Suns are is they don't have a lot of unnecessary pieces available to trade. You know, they, like they don't really they don't have this 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 
wealth of assets that they've had in the past. They don't have the they don't have a wealth of contracts to make to like fill out a trade for like an Aaron Gordon type without having to give up a player who is a significant important part of <laughs> right. our rotation, which is which is the thing we all I don't think people think about enough when we're talking about trades of particular of bringing in a guy it's like we have a full roster any guy we bring in somebody's got to go out yeah Period. And, and and i have i have an idea as to who that would be and that's something i actually i was thinking we, we would talk about too but i just want to look up really quick because i don't remember offhand who did who did denver give up to get gordon um rj Barrett or rj Barrett, rj hampton rj hampton Gary Harris going that trade? Gary Harris, yeah, and then a Gary first Harris. round pick, I think. Right? Yeah, right. We don't have a Gary Harris. We yeah, don't have so. a guy who's like on a pretty decently sized contract to, you know, package with, so you know, a young player like an right. RJ Hampton. I mean, I guess we technically do in like either, but that's either Dario well, or it's, well, or it's and, Crowder. And that's so. Here's what I what I was thinking because. You know, I said, yeah, a deal would have been nice, but it has to make sense, right? And the reason I asked who they gave up was because I remember right after that trade happened and thinking in the context of the Suns trying to make that same type of trade and why Denver would pull it off and the Suns wouldn't. I looked at who it was. I just couldn't remember now sitting here who it was. But, and I thought to myself, I bet that Denver, if they're, or excuse me, Orlando, assuming, of course, there were actually these conversations, but I could very well see the conversation from Orlando being, we would want Dario, Cam Johnson, and a first-round pick. Because we can't trade a first-round pick till 2027, so how much value is really there, right? So you're not going to be able to – because I, I, I feel like, you know, you could look and be like, okay, sticks, but that value is not going to be there like you would have in, like, a Cam Johnson piece. And right. I, that's a trade I would never make in a million years. If well, I and, the, and then the other thing on top of that is, you know, Orlando's hitting the reset button – yeah. You know, Gary Harris is beneficial because he's expiring. Neither okay. none of our guys are expiring. Right. You know, we're, we're we kind of got rid of all those guys. All, yeah. Now, now Dar, Dario's on a reasonable deal, and Cam's he's on, on a reasonable deal. deal. So, so is so is but, Crowder. But then, to the point deals. of them, you know, rebuilding that twenty twenty seven first round pick doesn't exactly yeah. help them. Right. And I I don't remember what year Denver's was offhand, but I think it was twenty twenty three, maybe. Yeah, and well, technically the 2027 thing, I don't know the specifics of it, but I, that has to do with it's like 2027 worst case scenario because I think we've traded a future pick that has blah, 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 blah. You know, like if they don't, if it doesn't convey this year, it's going to convey this year. Right. Or, so, I mean, technically, I guess you can because well, I think can, if you, if can you structure have- it as worst case scenario, you're going to get it in 2027. Best case scenario, you'll get it here because Depending this on other triggers. one conveyed. Yeah, gotcha. So that makes sense. But so still, yes. the like if if you're if you're a team analyzing that trade, you're going to assume it a 2027 pick, right? I feel like you're not going to go. Okay, well maybe it'll be earlier. So well, let's give them some benefits. I mean, if the, the Suns are good. I think usually those picks aren't going to convey because of protections. And like the better the Suns are, the sooner the pick's going to convey. Right. But I'm just saying for purposes of analyzing yeah. 
the trade, the 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 team on the uh, other side is going to way better. Look at it as as a worst case scenario, you mm-hmm. know. Um, yeah. But at any rate, yeah. So uh, you know, I I I I wasn't necessarily disappointed. I wasn't surprised. I felt like, especially when you make a trade like the like the Tory Craig trade a few days ahead of time, right? It, it, it does. I think that either means there's going to be a ton of moves or that's going to be what you're going to do, you know, right. Uh, a team that's, and a team that's obviously not in a sell mode anywhere near sh- in any way, shape or form, isn't going to be making a ton of moves. Um, yeah. And, and, the, and the even, even not going to make built a this year to make move. trades. Yeah. Yeah, They're exactly. To make trades. You didn't bring in Chris Paul to, to gain chemistry and then start making things that are above and beyond just minor tweaks that are going to be easy to incorporate into the situation uh, and as opposed to, you know, large moves. So. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're second in the league or we're second in the West. Just remember that we got there with this. Don't rock the boat, but Paul, we lose the bad. We don't know how not to doesn't dunk enough. Sorry. I know, okay. but he, I know. So, okay. Well, let's, let's keep talking about moves here. Cause okay. obviously we didn't make any, but that doesn't right. mean a move can't we're, we're, still be made. Exactly. Right. Now right. we know, as we sit here, LaMarcus Aldridge obviously bought out, obviously already signed with New Jersey. Good for him. Which, which gives Brooklyn. them. On, nice job still calling him New ooh, Jersey ooh, a ooh, decade ooh, after they left ooh. for New Jersey. To be fair, to be fair. And if anybody out, out there watches Letterkenny, they, they, to be fair, anyway, okay, to be fair, uh, I've been talking about New Jersey a lot over the past few days, so I think I just like, that combined with why old memories, because Borman just moved out there. Oh, okay. So, anyway. <laughs> you went to New anyway. Jersey? Really? You went yeah, to New we'll, Jersey? We'll talk about that later. We'll talk about that offline, yeah. Nobody needs I'll to do that. I'll give his number, you can text him. Anyway. Um, I have his number. So, that's right, duh. Anyway. <laughs> What were we just talking about? Now I completely lost my train of thought, Paul. Uh, the Marcus Aldridge going to the Nets. Yes. So he he went to the Nets. Which Swamp Dragons gives, gives the Nets then a combined forty-one All Star game appearances on their current roster. Which <laughs> Motherfucker is, is insane. <laughs> um, forty-one, forty-one. Wow. Anyway, How is that possible? Which as I as I so. Uh, eloquently put on twitter earlier today we'll just make it all that much more impressive when the suns beat them 4-2 in the finals this year so it's cool it's cool 4-2 um you're gonna give them two games yeah dude dude lamarcus aldridge blake griffin come on those two guys alone can win two games against the suns (laughs) (laughs) um the rest of those guys are hogwash yeah exactly i don't know it's uh, kyrie god only knows where he'll be (laughs) he'll be in tibet He's on a, he's, he's, um, could be on a leave. Just imagine how Steve, imagine that meeting Kyrie's like, Hey, uh, Steve, uh, I, I, I need a few days for family stuff. You know, Nash just looks at him. He's like, do fuck whatever. Just go just get out of here. <laughs> like, what a psychopath. Anyway. Um, <laughs> so other buyout possibilities, the other, the other big man that was bought out, uh, Andre Drummond, yep. as we sit here, he has not yet signed, but all signs are indicating that he's going to go to the Lakers. Which I right. don't understand. I really don't. You've got you're you're sitting here. The Lakers are full of big people. They, 
I mean, LeBron is essentially a four. I mean, he plays the three in a lot of those lineups because Anthony Davis, who should play the five, doesn't like to play the five, so he plays the four during the regular season. But you know in the playoffs, he's going to play the five, LeBron's going to play the four. You just know this. This is what happened last year. They got in Marcus Gasol. Obviously, he's hurt right now. They've got Montrez Harrell. Like, all their signings over the past year were big dudes. Now they're going to bring in Andre Drummond into that mix too. If they get healthy, somebody's on the outside looking in. Well, don't and you? I mean, still, don't you put Drummond ahead of Mark Gasol at this point? Is yeah. Gasol's out for a while too, isn't he? Or is he? He's been out for a while. I don't know when he's due back. Okay, but I mean, probably. I mean, they do very, very different things. And I mean, Gasol has kind of sucked this year. But I just, if I, everything I heard about Drummond is, you know, he wants to like reestablish his value. And is he really going to do that in a very backup role in LA? I mean, yeah, he'll win a championship, but as a role player, like that's not going to get significant value for when he goes on the free agent market this summer. I mean, whereas honestly, like, I feel like boss, he'd be have a much better opportunity in Boston. They have yeah. a massive need at the five spot, especially after they traded Tice. Tice, yeah. You know, and yeah, and I don't, I don't think anybody would ever have really thought that the Suns w- would have even kicked the tires on Drummond. You know, I, I didn't want him for the Suns. I yeah. So, so and for I, that I, reason, I raise him only because I'm identifying possibilities that are no longer possibilities. So I guess we don't really get into a big spiel about mr andre drummond right um but then who are the possibilities what's out there right now we we've got uh gorgie jang right gorgie did i pronounce that right gorgie 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 jang right yeah yeah it was pretty good though all right according to gambo sons aren't interested but i wouldn't hate him on the team which is weird see that's uh, that's the thing that i i don't get that now i don't understand jones everything he does is against conventional wisdom yeah it's working right so i don't hate it which is which is why if it doesn't make sense i'm not gonna i'm not gonna necessarily be all that upset about it right i think i think jang would be a great addition to this team just if you think about (coughs) excuse me you know a a backup big who can stretch the floor Mm -hmm. brings athleticism it's a few exactly, shots, you know, it's like a better version of uh, what, what's his face that we got rid of <laughs> Damian Jones, um, Damian Jones, which is exactly what they need. Um, and, uh, you know, he brings more athleticism in terms of defensive capability that will help uh, as opposed to having Dario play those backup five minutes or right or or or. Uh, um, well, Dario's still going to play the majority of the backup five minutes. It's just more of like we need another big guy when we go against the teams with other big guys. Right, 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 right. Sorry. Yeah, and I I should have clarified that a little bit more. Exactly. Like you, you can't just rely on Dario being that guy that's going to be the end-all be-all for that spot, right? So right. you, you need to have, you need to have that, that piece that can offer 
more than Jones was able to offer uh, and, and can kind of interchange to a certain degree with Dario based on situational need. Right. Right. So, you know, so, I'm, lo- I'm lo- I just pulled up the standings. Honestly, the only team that we have to worry about that with is the Lakers of who's in the playoffs has a shot at the playoffs. At least right now. Only team we have to worry about what? Having multiple big guys. Like, oh, you know, okay. how like how like New Orleans like fucks with us because they got multiple big guys and we just it, right. we don't match up well against them. I gotcha. Like, I'm not afraid of the Jazz. They've got Gobert. It's a one-on-one matchup. They don't have like like who is there for? No. Um uh, Mm. Millsap? No, he's on Denver. I feel like I just like had a flat another flashback to like a decade ago, didn't I? Right. <laughs> the, the um, Clipper, the Clippers aren't a big team. They're they're a wing nope. heavy team. The Denver, Nuggets, Denver, but even now, still, eh, they got Jokic. I mean, their four is still. They're going to play Aaron Gordon at the four. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah, he's that's true. He's not huge. exactly a big, he's, yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's not a big guy, yeah, not a big guy. Him, Michael Porter Jr., um, Paul Millsap. I mean, they got they picked up JaVale McGee too, but JaVale McGee's only a backup, they're not gonna play him and Jokic at the same time. Um, Portland, I don't get, I can I, can I, how do you feel about JaVale McGee? Every time I think of JaVale McGee, I remember JaVale McGee on the Wizards with Andre Blatch and like in like the waning days of the Gilbert Arena situation. And like that's JaVale McGee to me. And he's, he's he has a ring. The Suns don't. But I mean, <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? Cool. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> cool. I, he's, um. Yeah, I feel like like I know like what Voida right? It was a Voida was on the McGee, McGee train, component. yeah. And Super. I feel I feel like there was a lot a lot of a lot of you know attachment to to McGee amongst Suns Nation, and I was curious about that, and I don't know why. Maybe it's just I, I I'm I'm very imp- im not impartial, but just like indifferent to McGee, ambivalent him. I always, yes, I always think of like the times like he's done stu- incredibly stupid shit on the court. Yeah. Yeah. Like he, running he, the wrong way he, uh, he off the rebound. He is the embodiment like of Shaq and a fool. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know. I just think it, I, I almost look at him as like, like a like comedic side side piece. He is. To he's the a NBA jester. sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. It's like he's, it's like the WWE puts on like comedic matches sometimes. He's the comedic match of the NBA. Yeah. I mean, but yeah. And so to keep going down the West, I'm like, okay, Portland. Do I have an issue with them with bigs? I mean, they've got Nurkic, they got Zach Collins. Who's not playing right now? Or is he back? Right. No. And Nurkic, Nurkic just, just, got, just back. got back. Yeah. So, I mean, I, and I think Whiteside's not on their team. No, Whiteside's on the Kings. Yeah. For some yeah, reason. He was on their team last year. Yes. When Nurkic was hurt. And then you got, San, you got the Spurs. They got rid of Aldridge. Who's their big? I don't even know who their big is. Jakob Podol, I oh, think. Yeah. yeah. Did I pronounce that right? I don't know. And then Dallas. Can you go to Utah? I don't know. 
And you got and then you got the Mavericks. So they got Porzingis, who I'm not afraid of, and I don't even know who else they had, they play in their big rotation over there. Um, they I think they just traded James Johnson to, um, in the um, in the Reddick trade. So like they don't really have any bigs that we truly have to worry about. Memphis, if they're in ninth, so like they'd be in the playing games. Jaron Jackson Jr. If he plays again, I don't know. I don't know who their bigs are. Valanciunas, yeah. actually Valanciunas, but yep. still they don't have two of them. Brandon Clark. Yeah, no, I hear you. You done? Golden State. Oh, we're gonna keep going. Place right now. I'm just, saying, I'm just saying. I'm just saying here. I'm like <laughs> outside of the Pelicans and the Lakers. Really, there aren't like big. Uh, having a lot of bigs isn't a huge deal. So, like, is it a huge deal that we shore up that big rotation? That's a fa- I, I get you. I get you. I, I, I enjoyed that, Paul. I love the fact that you, you went, all, I went down all I those went teams. Every possibility. Because when, when it's not going to be the Kings. When, when you started with the conclusion that the only team we have to worry about is the Lakers and explained why, I was like, okay, cool. And then when you started going down the list, I'm like, oh, okay, maybe he'll do a couple. After the nope. third one, I'm like, oh, he's going to keep going. I'm just going to let this thing I'm going to go into the East now, man. It. Actually, it the only one I care about in the East is the 76ers. Okay. All right. All right. So. 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 Maybe the Indiana Pacers. <laughs> so then what's, what, what other type of move is possible out there? What about, what about the name of Jeff Teague? Because you 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 brought up the whole yeah. bre- you know breaking yeah, I mean, emergency point guard. Yeah, I mean if he if we signed Jeff Teague, I wouldn't hate it. But at the same time, I he's not I don't want him usurping camp campaign. Campaign is our backup point guard. Jeff For Teague sure. is gonna sit on that bench and if campaign gets hurt, that's when he gets playing time. Or if it's a blowout. That's it. Yeah. No, that but that's he, exactly he can run an offense better than any other guy outside of Chris Paul, Devin Booker and campaign. Right. And that's, and that's, and that's exactly why I would bring up that name. And that's to address the point that you brought up earlier as, as what you identified as your one a in terms of an issue to address. And that is, is point guard. So in fact, the news from Gambo for you should perhaps be a little bit of a, you know, a, a happy bit of news because that means that the sun's, could possibly still address that point guard issue perhaps they could right what's funny is how visceral dave reacted on the solar panel today to bringing up to um espo bringing up the idea of jeff teague and so because you know i'm not against jeff teague i know espo's against jeff teague dave clearly is i didn't see i i didn't listen i'm gonna have to listen (laughs) Yeah, you do. Um, you know, so, so support our support friends. I do. Jeez, come on, man. Oh um, yeah, I mean, like as I said, as a breaking case of emergency point guard is what I want. Now, okay, let's lead into this question. I'm going to be honest right now. I don't have a timer in front of me. I have no idea how long we've been going, Paul. Not a clue. So about an hour. Okay, cool. Well, we'll just keep on going here because yeah. Um, let's say a move is going to be made. Yeah, and who's 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 gonna go? Who is going to be off the roster? Because right now the Suns have fifteen. 
And they've got they've got Tyshawn Alexander, but he's on a two way, so that doesn't matter, right? Doesn't count. Yeah. So so they've got to get rid of one guy if they're going to bring somebody in. Who's who's that odd man out for you? For me? Yeah. So well, who are the candidates? How would you bring up the candidates before I just throw out who my choice is? Okay. Or well, do you want me to bring up the candidates? No, I mean, I'll tell you who I I think there's only two candidates. Okay. And I think that's Abdel Nader, and that's Etwan Moore. What about Frank? I don't. I, I don't think so. I, for 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 the very reasons that we've been discussing. I mean, if especially if you don't bring in a big, right? But even if you do bring in a big, then okay, we're talking about depth here. We're not talking about just you know skill level. Period. Right. Sure, right. we want to upgrade the skill level, but we don't want to upgrade the skill level and also lose depth when we already are saying we are thin at that area. So I right. feel like Frank, and he's he, he's proven himself enough this year to 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 show that he's he deserves a spot on the team and has the ability to step up. Agreed. I think he's yeah. played a lot more serviceable and useful minutes than Etwan Moore, and mm-hmm. Nader has played some good minutes, but. I think Espo brought this up. He's repetitive with Craig. And if, 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 if it's going to be somebody, then that would be a reason why I would say Nader. I I think my answer would be more for all the reasons I I laid out. I, I, I agree with that, particularly if who you're bringing in is like, is a point guard or actually either way. I think I agree with like more because you're looking at from Gal. Galloway has really has you know really inserted himself into that shooting guard spot. I don't know if he's solidified that shooting guard spot. Um, you know, you got Chris Paul. You know, Chris Paul Booker. I don't think Chris campaign. Paul's going anywhere. No, but I'm I'm just saying from a from a backcourt situation. No, I I've used situation way too many times in this episode. I don't use that word a lot. I haven't noticed actually, so it's cool. <laughs> um, no, and then, I, then you've I, got Javon Carter and whatnot, even still backing that up because Carter's not going because they just paid him. Yeah, and you know that's too much money to let go. And so, and I think I like the idea of keeping Nate around, even if he is repetitive with Craig. You can't have too many rangy wings, right? Exactly. In today's and NBA. I, I just basically looked at it and I was like, okay, who is who has given the Suns the most? utility this season yeah let's do it that way because there's no easy answer um it's not like you look and and again to the point of needing depth it's not like you look and go okay we've got too much of this so the 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 default i think has to be okay well then which of these pieces that we find all very useful (laughs) right which of them has unfortunately given us the least amount of utility this season and and i think that answer has to be more and this goes back to kind of like the um to an extent you're like we don't have too much of this we had too much of something last year like we we were gluttonous at that small forward position and with with, um you know bridges and cam johnson coming on particularly at the end of the year and you know and Ubre and obviously Ubre was moved because we had guys who needed more time needed more minutes competing against each other right now we've got the starters we've got that top eight solidified and we've got a bunch of role players who are willing, who understand, okay, tonight I'm not going to play tomorrow night. I might, you know, it kind of depends on matchup depends on our needs, depends on how other guys are going, you know, 
we everybody kind of knows their role and you don't get that often and that's part of it that's why i don't want to mess up things well and and that's the other thing too with bringing somebody in is you need to bring somebody in who's going to accept being part of that process and knowing that it it could be you know it could be spotty it's going to be inconsistent but you're going to be valuable to this team it's just going to be a matter of when you are valuable when when that value is needed which is almost why it's better for a team like the Suns to play the buyout market better more so than the trade market, because in a buyout situation, you're having conversations with the player, with the agent being like, Hey, this is the situation you're coming into. Not that those don't happen with trades to an extent, but you know, there's multiple parties that are, that you gotta get out on the same page. Whereas the bio markets, it's, it's a and B do we, do we work together? You know, we have this role are you willing to accept that role? We will pay you for it. Right, right, right. Yeah. And, and you always like, if you think about it too, it it makes sense why there's more kind of open communication there, because let's say, let's say that, you know, a player just really wants out of a situation, you know, maybe they're going to say, even if those conversations happen, they might say, okay, yeah, yeah. I'm totally in on that. Just because that's so bad there. They're like, as long as I can get out of here, I'm, I'm good. I can make it do. So I'll just tell them, yeah, whatever. Even though maybe when they get there, that's not exactly how they follow through. Whereas you have a guy that's bought out, he has no reason, no other outside pressure on him that would give him. A, he's looking again, for a the best situation. Say, yeah, and he, he's not going to he's not going to lie to you because he has no reason to. He's, he doesn't have to do anything. He doesn't want to do at that point. He's not bound right. to any other team. It, it, exactly. And like, you know, players at that point players have different motivations like are if you're like say like you know like why i question the drum into la move where there's other options where he's still a young guy i think he's still under 30 he's got another good chunk of years theoretically in the nba where he can make good money he needs to get himself into a situation where he can play as much as possible show his value to go back on the market whereas another guy like a jeff teague who is at the end of his career, you know, coming up on the end of his career, really at this point probably just wants to get that ring to just say, Hey, I got a ring. I won a championship. Even if he wasn't like a true, like a big time contributor for it, you know, I mean, you know, he's more willing to come into a situation and accept a role, even if it's a not great role and he's choosing that situation and knows he's walking into it as, you know, that role. as it is because he's looking at a bigger picture where that's more about like legacy than it is about getting money. Yeah. And let's, let's wrap this episode up with one last question. Okay. Of the teams in the NBA and you can name one team from the East if you want to, and you'll know why, which ones are you legitimately concerned about? Um, in a seven-game series against the Suns, and I say NBA, so obviously of the teams in the West, and then one Eastern team. If you okay. want to name an Eastern team, if you're worried about any of them in a seven-game series, I mean, I'm worried about the Sixers. Okay, but it's you kind of me, you know, and you don't give me rationale. I just want to know, like. I'm just curious because I, I sit here and, and this goes back to the point I made earlier about games like losing to teams that aren't great 
being inconsequential because I think the Suns are capable of beating every team in the West and every team in the East in a seven game series. So I don't care mm-hmm. at the end of the day where they're seated necessarily. So I'm just curious your level of confidence in terms of, okay, I don't care until I meet this team. This team really gives me pause. You know, uh, I, I'm worried that the Suns could lose to them as opposed to I'm confident the Suns would beat this team in a seven game series. Right. I mean, I mean, I'm worried about the Sixers just because similar reasons as the Lakers is just, yeah, they're, they're a big team. They got, you know, you know, Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons and I, the, I don't think the Suns match up well against them. Okay. Is that, when, the, is when that the only team? Healthy. Is that the only team? Uh, them and the Lakers. Okay. That's it. That's it? I can, That's it. I can accept I that. I think Paul. we match, I think we match up well against everybody else. I love that. Oh, I thought I was going to have to like grind some, like a whole bunch of other ones out of you, but like you were very affirmative about that. I love that. Because I just, I disagree. Okay. Because I'm not worried about either of those teams. Okay. Who are you worried about? Nobody. Nobody. Of course you're not. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> Come on. Of course you're not. But, but ow, ow, twist my arm, right? I just totally yeah. did a twist my arm thing for, you know, no, everybody else who can't see us. Um, twist my arm. Maybe a little bit worried about the Lakers. Maybe that series goes seven. But I'm, twist I mean, mind. I mean, based on the moves they just made, I mean, the Nuggets hold tiebreaker over us. I mean, they, they did beat us one, twice. One of them incorrectly. That that was like that. That, they, was, they were, that, that should have in total counted as like a negative one and a half wins for them. Yes. Yes. But still, they play us tough, and they made they made improvements. Yeah. So. Yeah, I and yeah, I'm I'm still I, I, I'm worried I'm worried about the teams that have a better center than we do. Okay. Basically, that's what at the end of the day, that's kind okay. of what it comes down to. So hold There's on, three hold teams on. that have a better center than us. Okay. Okay. Yeah, because you just you just put the Nuggets in there. I was like, so but so you think oh. You think that DeAndre Ayton's the fourth best center of the NBA? I'd say DeAndre Ayton's on playoff teams. Best. On playoff teams, yeah. Okay. All right. Anyway, I like your answer, Paul. I like that. I, I think that's a I think that's a great way to end the enjoy the ride episode of Fanning the Flames. Don't you, Paul? Yes. I think it is. I think it's I think, I think it's, it's a great, great way to end it. Awesome. Cool, man. Well, hey, this was fun. I enjoyed this. Was great. this. I <laughs> hope everybody out there enjoyed this. I can't we should wait do to this do more this often. again. We should do this way more often, man. Feel this <laughs> more frequently. We have now. Feel this energy, guys. This is pent up energy. This is dad energy coming out right now. I feel that's <laughs> all this is. It's all dad energy. But thank you so much for listening. We really do appreciate you guys listening as infrequently as we do this. And you know what? Kudos to Paul for throwing it out there earlier. But I'm going to throw another shout out to the jam session, guys. Thank you for holding down the fort, not holding us down. You guys are doing great work and we love Keeping it. Keeping the feet alive. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And as we always say here on Fanning the Flames, oh wait, hold on. See, it's been so long. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at so says J Paul. <laughs> I'm at still at Dervish of World. I didn't change it during the pod. Why do I, why do I even bother <laughs> going back and doing that, man? I don't know. It's like o- OCD. And the pod is at Fan the Flames NBA. And <laughs> 
Again, thank you for listening. And depending on when you're listening, have yourself a good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. I don't care. I just don't care. Just